Two Sundays ago, I was in the village of Nanange. It was Sunday morning, and I got up real early because I wanted to see the sunrise. And I was not disappointed. There, right by the guest house on top of a mountain, I looked out over into the valley, and the fog had filled the whole valley. It started to split. You could see a few trees between. You could see the umbrella tree native to the mountains. You could also see the pine trees that have been planted by the Oringa Diocese to help local communities provide quick-growing wood that is used in economic development. It was an incredible experience, looking out and seeing the sun rise. i got to tell you, I was that close to singing the Lion King opening song. <laughs> All right, maybe I did. <laughs> it was tremendous, a mountaintop experience. How glorious, how wonderful, how wonderful. Now, you don't have to travel to Tanzania to have mountaintop experiences. And I guess if we talked about sharing those moments in life when God seems so close, when things seem to come together, we each have those moments, maybe of celebration, maybe of accomplishment, maybe of just feeling like everything is right in the world. Mountaintop experiences. They're precious. They're to be treasured and to, to be hold on to real tight. Two things about mountaintop experiences. One, they're real hard to describe. How do you describe the indescribable? How do you talk about the presence of God? How do you... Words and even songs fall short. And second, when we have those mountaintop experiences, we don't want to come down. We don't want them to end. We just want to sit there and look out and watch the sun rise forever. We don't want to let it stop. Hard to describe, don't want it to stop. Hey, that describes Peter and James and John in this morning's gospel. When Jesus took them to the top of a mountain, and there on top of the mountain, Jesus' own face started to change. It shone like the sun. His clothes became dazzling white. Language was unable to describe all that was going on. And they were overcome with a sense of God's presence and God's glory. Wow! And Peter, he quickly rushed to wanting to stay there forever. Let's build three dwelling places. He went into his own tradition, his own background, and he remembered that whenever God was made known in a wonderful, amazing way throughout history, you mark the spot, you stack rocks, you build a temple so you can go back to those moments. And you can remember, and you can tell your kids about those moments. Peter wanted to do that, because there was Jesus, but there was not only Jesus, it was Moses and Elijah, and they were talking to one another. He wanted to mark that place 
for all time. But before he could get to the home store, before he could get the building supplies, the voice spoke from the cloud. And the voice said, the voice said what the voice said the last time the voice spoke from the cloud at Jesus' baptism. This is my son, the beloved, in whom I am well pleased. If they didn't know it already, when they were in the presence of Jesus, they were in the presence of God. They saw the life that God wants, not only for Jesus, but for all creation. But we have a little addition this second time the voice speaks from the cloud. This time the voice says, listen to him. Listen to him. Listen, not only with your ears, but with your eyes and with your heart. Follow him. Here is a call to discipleship. And that Peter, James, John, that early church on top of that mountain, in that moment of sacred encounter, they hear God say, follow Jesus Follow Jesus where Jesus goes. Now right before this whole story, six days before, Jesus told them about where he was going and the disciples weren't all that happy. Jesus said that follow me to a cross. Follow me into the sufferings of this world. Follow me on the path not of success, not of glory but of service and of faithfulness. And Peter said, oh, dear Lord, no, that's not quite what I have in mind. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Put your mind and your heart, your feet and your hands in the direction of Christ and follow, listen to him. There is the invitation right in the midst of this mountaintop experience. And it's a hard one to hear. It was a hard one for Peter, James, and John to hear. But it's also for us. Because I think too often when we think of matters of faith, of connecting ourselves with God, of feeling connected with Christ, we think about the glory, we think about the moments on top of the mountain. We think about how life should always be perfect and things should come together for those who follow Christ. But that's not the way it works, folks. The life of discipleship is not jumping from mountaintop to mountaintop, but it is to walk through the valleys, through the hard points of life, through the sufferings, being present with those who are hurting the path of discipleship goes through the dark nights and the fears and the anxieties of this world and our lives. Jesus instructs Peter, James, and John not to tell anyone about the mountaintop experience until after the cross and the tomb only through the lens of the cross and the empty tomb can we begin to understand those mountaintop experiences. 
Can we begin to understand the life of faith, which is a life not only of glory but of struggle? The church then and now is invited to walk on the path that Christ takes, a path that shows and connects itself with all, not only the triumphs of the world, but the defeats, not only the glory, but the pain. That is something that's hard for us to hear, especially in a culture when we want one mountaintop experience after another, on demand, 24-7. I'm looking forward to this coming week. We start the season of Lent, Ash Wednesday. We begin it not on a mountaintop, not with glory, but with ashes, with a reminder that life is fragile, it's vulnerable. We also begin it with a reminder that Jesus has come down from the highest heavens to the earth below, from the mountaintops into the valleys, that we walk through those hard and difficult times of life, not by ourselves, but because Christ walks with us, we have faith and hope. The season of Lent is an annual time for us to tune our hearts and our minds to listen to the God who walks with us through all of life. To receive God's love and forgiveness and mercy and to share that forgiveness, love, and mercy with others. The path of Lent is a path of discipleship, of listening and following. Back to Nanange. I took a picture of the sunrise. I took a lot of pictures. A lot of folks have been asking me since my mountaintop experience, well, how was your trip? I can't describe it in 30 seconds with a simple answer. It won't fit on a bumper sticker. In fact, for the next four weeks on Sunday, I'll share the stories and pictures. And even then, I know I won't get it all. Life is hard to describe because those moments of mountaintop and valley encounters, the layers of our experience of our life, there's a lot there. I'm grateful for a God who travels with us through it all. I'm grateful for the love of God that's able to be with us in those moments of glory and the years of struggle. I'm grateful for the chance to walk with you through this season of Lent that lies before us. May God bless all of our travels, near and far, with his grace and love, and may we grow as children of Christ. Amen.